Hello Gasheads, a very happy new year to you and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast. I'm your host Max Alderson, joined as always by Tom Metcalf. Hi Tom. Hey up. And this week we're joined by Ollie Louch. Hi Ollie. Good evening, how are you? Very good, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's jump straight in, we've got lots to talk about. Um, obviously lots has happened in the past three weeks. The first three weeks under the new manager Ben Garner. Um, three games, uh, one point from those three games, uh, a loss at home to Wimbledon, followed by a great away draw at Fleetwood and then a disappointing loss at MK Dons yesterday. Um, let's start with you, Ollie. How much of it do you think is or isn't uh, down to the change of manager that, that we've had this bad run? Um, I don't think much of it is down to the change of manager. I think um, he hasn't really had a full week of training with the with the squad um, over this busy festive period. So I think, you know, you, he's looked for continuity, he's keep the, kept the same team um, for most of the games. And over a period of four games in the matter of 12, 13 days, it's risky business. So I think we can't put it down to the manager. Um, it, he can't do a lot about the injuries. He can't do a lot about the formations and the tactics because he's only just come in. Um, I... I think it's just down to the character of the squad and they haven't really shown that character that they did under Graham Coughlin, um, which is disappointing. But, you know, a new manager, there should be a new buzz and it didn't feel like that for the first three weeks. Yeah, Mets, how much do you think that is down to Coughlin leaving very suddenly? Um, I don't think that is more of an effect. I think it's more, it's a good point you made about the um, players not seeming as up for it. I think JCH kind of typifies that over his kind of petulance over the last few games and it's got worse as kind of times progressing I don't think Garner's the kind of manager who's going to be going into that changing room at half time and giving him a bollocking which I think Graham definitely would I think Graham would have been quite close to smacking people and I don't think Garner from what I've seen from his post matches and all that and all his interviews he seemed quite nice and I think someone especially like JCH bring him up because I think him and uh, Coughlin had that weird kind of bond and I think you've I think he just needs, I think, the, as knackered as I'm sure they are, they need a kick up the ass. Yeah, and um, I get what you're saying. Garner, on face value, doesn't seem to be the kind of manager who would grab the ball by the horns. But I guess we don't really know what happens behind closed doors, do we? But I get what you're saying. He does seem uh, very professional, very modest, very um, media trained. Um, and I guess we'll see in time the response of the players, how much respect he can sort of build in that dressing room quite quickly. Um, do you think that Graham Coughlin would have got us more more points than we have in the last three games th- than Garner has? Oh. Um, well, I believe the first game against Wimbledon, um, going 1-0 up, albeit through a penalty, um, I think we would have grounded out a 1-0 win, uh, maybe even 2-0. Um, and the players just... They fell asleep. Um, lack of concentration, of course, for the first goal from Rodman on the right-hand side, which you know just starts off Wimbledon. You know they've they got their tails up. Um, the fans got behind them, and our fans didn't get behind our team in the last half an hour, forty-five minutes. So I think a lot of that was down to concentration um, and a lack of it. So that one, I think we could have won under Coughlin. I think Fleetwood away. I would have expected a nil-nil. I don't think Coughlin would have gone up there looking for three points. Um, I think he would have played exactly the same formation, exactly the same team as Ben Garner did. However, at MK Dons, I believe we would have gone there and won two or three-nil because they did look there for the take and they were quite open. But then so were Rovers and they just capitalised on our, you know, our weaknesses and we didn't. So I think we could have got a possible 
seven points out of the nine under Coughlin. Yeah, potentially. I mean, Mets, what do you think? Do you think that do you think that we've been lucky under Coughlin and that luck has run out? Or do you think it's a case of these players aren't giving the same levels of effort as they were under under Coughlin? It certainly does feel like actually effort, I think. Or do you think it's fatigue? Well, this is it. I'm not sure because it does feel like I agree with Oli. Um, I agree we would have seen out the Wimbledon game, I think, under Graham. Um, I'm going to massively disagree with the MK shout. I think that I don't think we would have won that in in any circumstances. I think MK are in a decent run of form, big pitch. Like you said, we were really narrow against them. They really did a number on us and I think they would have done that anyway. Um, But especially, I think, for the MK because the big pitch and I think we did look slow we looked so lethargic and I do think that is fatigue catching up more than lack of effort like we were talking earlier abs came off um at halftime because he couldn't feel his legs you know it's just you can see how the injuries that we've got are starting to kind of take its toll and the 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 fact that we can't rotate and Garner did um, allude to it when he said you know look at who they could bring off the bench like Agard and players like that and like you look at our bench and it's Bennett you know what I mean so I think it is just it's kind of come that game has come at the end of a really busy period well it's, it's not even the end is it it's still in the middle of a busy period so I feel like the steam's kind of starting to run out so this kind of uh, result was kind of inevitable yeah yeah and I definitely think we need some new fa- faces in sooner rather than later to freshen things up and give us a bit of a bit more energy in the squad and fresh faces uh, in this busy period because I think we will struggle if we don't. Um, we are higher in the league than we probably should have been uh, due to a mix of being both clinical up front and solid at the back and let's face it, slightly lucky too. Um, it's a busy period with lots of games as we've said and we've got eight first team injuries. Uh, Ollie, do you think the timing couldn't have really been worse for GC to leave and a new manager to come in? 100%. Um, I think the travelling back from Ipswich on the train, I mean, we got to Paddington, we hadn't even heard the news of the interview that had come out. Everything on social media, it kind of came like, well, hang on a minute, the guy's just told the club um, through social media as he's leaving. I mean, it, his social media skills were horrendous, I will say that. They were absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he did choose the wrong time to leave, but then the offer came in. If the offer came in in November, I don't think we'd have been complaining as much as we are now. Um, you know, maybe the nature he went about it and the, the way in which it was such a historic win for Rovers that day. I think, you know, you look, you look back at it now and think it couldn't have happened at a worse time. No. Yeah. And the job that Garner now has to take over in this in this rut if you like or like you're saying that's the steam running out um really doesn't will really be difficult for Ben Garner and I think if we do start to go on a bad run I think and I fear that some fans will start to to gather a bad opinion of him that might not be particularly fair do you think that's fair to say no I agree I think he needs in his time because he is taking over a squad that was arguably overachieving and you know one with so many injuries and all that kind of stuff. So he's got all the um, the excuses, really, um, in the nicest possible way. Um, I think fans at the moment who were calling for his head, I think, are just idiots. Uh, I really don't think you can say this three games where he hasn't even been able to train the players 
and now he, he should leave using the same players that Coughlin did, same tactics. It's it's not. I mean, he is picking the team and all that, but it's not really his fault. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to give him as much time as he needs to kind of start implementing what he wants to do and getting his ideas across to the players, and especially with the window coming up, maybe getting some play some new faces in. But you you have to give him time. I think three games with no training isn't enough time to start berating him for, you know, Wimbledon was pretty shocking. MK was awful, but Fleetwood, pretty decent, could have nicked it at the end. So, you know, on balance, not all doom and gloom. And we're still only just outside the playoffs, which again is absolutely, it's blowing my mind. Every week when we, we throw in a performance or result like Wimbledon and it's like, Oh, we're still not out of touch. We're still so close. So I'm not, I'm not going to um, start calling for him at all. Yeah, and I think it is literally 0.01% of fans who are, who are, in my opinion, ridiculous enough to say that. I think most recognise that those aren't even excuses for the losses. It's it's reasons. They're solid reasons, and you have to say, yeah, that is. You know, a lot of people saw this result coming a mile off. Um, I certainly did and I don't know why I travelled to Milton Keynes <laughs> but there you go that's, uh, that's the stupid things I do on New Year's Day um, right yeah so the next question I've got is, is about the appointment of Garner um, there's been quite a bit of arguing online after yesterday's result that he wasn't the right man to come in and, and take on this job given the nature of our position in the league the nature of the squad the fact that his style or the style he talks about is a polar opposite to what we currently have it's almost like this job for him is a long-term transition process, changing us into a different style of, of team and squad. Um, and in many people's eyes, he's completely the wrong man for this job, the job being to take us up. His job is to um, rejuvenate us, and revitalise us and turn us into a different brand of football that long-term will hopefully bring a better, more sustainable, more uh, convincing brand of football. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. If you could go back now uh, a week or two and appoint someone different, would you? So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I think Garner was the right appointment for all the reasons you just said, you know, the long-term kind of thing. Playing devil's advocate, you've seen Ian Holloway go to Grimsby and do like absolute bits for them. Well, like, they've won one game where he wasn't even on the. He wasn't line. no, but he's like so he's done absolutely no because I I watched the social media stuff they put out, you oh, know, addressing the fans, going around to all the bars, like helping out in the club shop, meeting everyone, got everyone so energized, and I I can fully see why people wanted him in for you know the rest of the season to try and get us up because realistically we're not we had this big debate a few weeks ago we're unlikely to be in this position again in the near future this is such a good opportunity and if you feel like appointing someone for the long term is a waste of this opportunity but I still think Ghana I'm still more on the you know long term vision thing than you know just chasing promotion this season and seeing what happens although I know that a lot of fans will massively disagree with me I'm not yeah, yeah that's going to be really unpopular. <laughs> Ollie, what do you think? Yeah, I think, go back to the point of his job this season was to, you know, just keep us energised. Um, and, I mean, we're only two wins, three wins away from maintaining our League One status. And for a club with our financial um, budget and everything, I think that's tremendous. So that's a great effort to do that in the first half of the season. Um, but you could then exactly say, 
Coughlin's job was just to keep us up. So I would go back two weeks now, uh, three weeks now, and still agree with you, Tom, that Garner was the complete right appointment. Um, they've looked at it long term. It will take time. He needs a training session. He hadn't, had, he hadn't even had a bloody training session with them. Yeah. So, I mean, once he gets his brand of football and his ideas into the players' heads, I think we'll be looking at a much better um, football team and footballing team. Yeah, and even though we were up in the lofty heights of fourth, there were many, many critics of the brand of football um, in that when you get a result, it's great. When you draw or lose, it's like a waste of 90 minutes, as we've so frequently talked about on the podcast this season. Um, hopefully, we'll now start to see, maybe not immediately, maybe not even this season, but long term, um, you know, back to the traditional style of possession-based I think football, we saw, high pressure. I think we saw it the first kind of half an hour against Wimbledon. I think we kept the ball really well. We moved it really well, although we, didn't, we weren't like kind of making any great inroads into their territory or whatever, but you could almost see just straight from the start right we're going to keep the ball a bit better we're going to look after it a bit better rather than just hoof it at every opportunity and hope that jch kind of managed us to pluck it out in the air for us yeah. so i mean a bit more of that maybe with some results to be perfect for me for the rest of the season and then see what he can do yeah let's see um let's move on to a couple of players and their performances over the christmas period We've got a few talking points to go over. The first one is Ansi Jacola, who's been absolutely superb as usual, but he picked up a nasty injury at MK, a dislocated shoulder, which means he's looking like he's going to be out for four to six weeks, maybe longer. Um, Ollie, how big a loss is this for, for the club? Massive. I mean, looking at Rovers home and away this season, the amount of times that he's kept us in the game, won us the game, or not made us look an absolute embarrassment is... I mean, it could be every game. I mean, the one save I want to pick out is the Plymouth one. Arguably, yes, it was over the line, but still, to get across that quickly and claw it out, I mean, you can see why he's an international goalkeeper. You can see why people were worried of him being sold in January. Um, No risk of that now. Exactly. So, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) You know, thanks for that. But no, I mean, he's he's been an absolute genius for Rovers, really. He's been their best player. Yeah, by a mile. I would probably say he's been my player of the season so far. I know you're going to say Millwall Tone. Obviously, Millwall Tone. Of course, <laughs> it is. Um, but although, he's oh a close God. second. He'd be a close second, except for Millwall Tone. As he did go down a bit in my estimation yesterday when he got turned absolutely inside out and just <laughs> inexplicably fell over. It was, uh, yeah, showing, showing his years say, a bit there. Yeah, maybe he just had a busy Christmas period, as uh, <laughs> maybe all of them did. It was a very sluggish, sluggish performance for everyone out there. Um, yeah, so this means that uh, Van Stapershoff is obviously going to come in, our number two keeper. Um, he's waited patiently for this opportunity. Um, Ollie, do you have confidence in him? Yeah. Um, I think after the penalty shootout against Leighton Orient in the last round of the EFL trophy, uh, trophy um, he obviously won us the penalty shootout, but that's not his all-round game. His all-round game is his movement, his positioning, his ability to catch the ball from crosses, which Jacola done very well, or punch. Um, you know, a strong strong shot stopper, hopefully, this Stapashoff is. Um, so, yeah, I've got confidence in him. And will Rovers maybe look to bring in an emergency loan? Maybe Garner's not happy with um, Geordie being the, being the number two. He might look at bringing in an emergency loan for 28 days until Jacola is then at full fitness. But... 
I mean, you've got to trust your number two goalkeeper, surely, haven't you? And he's played him a fair bit in the cups yeah. and that. And I thought he's done well whenever I've seen him, like Bromley away. I remember him being decent. I think he's got a, a few of the same flaws that Chicola's got, that he can be a bit flappy. And But I'm not going to be upset about that because if yeah. he wasn't, then he wouldn't be playing for us. I think Chicola's definitely the better shot stopper. And I think Chicola's probably one of the best shot stoppers in this league. He's incredible at it, but he's not got the command of his box that I think um, Jordi's got a bit better than kind of Chicola, but that's you know expected considering he's six foot six and a half or whatever it is. Yeah, there's been lots of calls uh, for people from people online saying that we should bring in a new keeper in January now, uh, and I completely disagree. I think Jordi was brought in as a keeper for the future. He's 22, maybe 23 years old. He's got he a looks lot. about 40. <laughs> yeah, he looks about 40. Um, <laughs> he's got so much development in him. If if he is a long term project, then he needs to be given game time and invested in. Otherwise, we may as well just have you know someone from Billericay Town. You know, a keeper just sits on the bench and gets called up maybe once or twice a season. He's he's here as a long term project. So I fully have faith in him. Do I think he's going to be anywhere near as good as Ansi? No, but I don't think many keepers in this league are. So no. Um, and are we going to need a a backup to? Jordi, because Andre's still out on loan, isn't he? I think he? we can recall him. Oh, we can bring him back. Yeah. Because it's a non-league loan, so we oh. can cancel ah, it. Ah, fair enough. Um, and then we've got Armstrong as well, or is he out on loan? Yeah, Armstrong's out on loan. But I think Andre was called back a few weeks ago, in fact, because he was he was actually training with the first team squad at Wimbledon oh, yeah. and uh, Peterborough. Okay. Oh, yeah, cool. I did see him, That's right, yeah. then, yeah. Um, but no, you've got to have... He could, you know... Jordi could take this opportunity now to really stake a claim in the first team. Well, he's going to have to pull off some absolute exactly. worldies to do yeah. that. But, but it, um, you know, if he wants to, you know, um, be highly ambitious um, and have, you know, he, want, he wants game time as every footballer does. Um, no, he's a goalkeeper. He wants, to, he wants to prove himself. He could prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, well, he hasn't, six win- he six hasn't moved window. from from Holland just to sit on the bench in Bristol, no. has he? He's, no. he's going to want to develop as a player, and hopefully we can give him the opportunity to now do that um, with Nancy being out. Um, let's move on to the defence, which has been far, far less solid than previous weeks. Two goals shipped at home against Wimbledon. Um, a bit of fortune about them both, Matt, in the way that they were scored, but certainly in the way the chance was created, oh, pretty shoddy defending. No, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't put it down to fortune. I'd put it down to Rodman. Um, the first one, he just assumed that it was going to roll out and their player didn't and rightfully, you know, worked hard, got it in. The second one, again, um, Rodman was too slow to close his man down. Even then, you know, the ball's coming across the six yard box. Someone should be getting out and they got tap-ins again. So it's it's an all round, just they were both terrible, terrible goals. And I'd like to actually pick out um, Rollin as being one of our worst performers these last three games. I think he was, especially against MK, I thought he was so bad. He he kind of, he is one of his previous, well, one of his strengths uh, since he's come into the squad has been his level-headedness, especially on the ball, and he's been quite good at taking command of possession and, you know, distributing it. And then, especially against MK, he just got caught with it every time, and it, it, he really, really struggled. And I'm looking forward to Tom Davis coming back. Well, I think you've been a little bit harsh on a lad who's very young and he's just come into the first team unexpectedly um, and he's been a lot better than a lot of people thought he would be. Um, We can't realistically, in my opinion, expect him to maintain those levels uh, for 40 games without the odd mistake and and the odd bad game because he is obviously so young. Yeah, And the same goes for Alfie as well. And I think we need to be constructively 
criticising them rather than them having a bad game and saying get them out get Davies back in ASAP do you not um, think I, I would agree but it hasn't been one game I think his performances have been going downhill for a little while I just think he needs a rest okay. just needs a little bit of time out of the squad yeah that's maybe fair I, I mean I could be honestly I could be a little bit more critical of Leahy and Rodman because they're obviously a lot older they've been in this game a lot more and, and like we were saying in, in, in the pub before we started recording the the um, the Rodman defending, I know he's not a natural right back, but it's basics to follow the ball out. And if, yeah. if you're not sure it's going out, shield it. Yeah, and I thought Leahy got absolutely torn apart against, um, well, mostly Healy, absolutely tore him a new one at MK. I don't think anyone really has covered themselves in glory in the back five. These, well, especially the MK game, it's all rang pretty, pretty miserable. Yeah. Um, our goal difference, our expected goal difference, um, is 17 better than it statistically should be, uh, based on the XG, uh, expected score goals and expected conceded goals. Um, so we should have statistically uh, conceded more and/or scored 17 less than our current goal difference, based on our performances and the quality of the chances created. Statistically, this means we're massively overperforming given the high quality of chances other teams have had against us and the low quality of the chances we ourselves have created. Um, in practice, it means we've got a superb goalkeeper and a very clinical striker, and we've had a lot of luck as well. Um, that's the stats. Ollie, do you agree with that? Um, I think all three central defenders that have played in the you know the last nine, ten weeks, whilst Tom Davis has been out, obviously, Roland Mayonese came in. Um, alongside Tony Craig and Alfie Kilder, who, by the way, both of them are football characters. Um, they lead on the pitch, I think. And as young as Alfie is, he looks so level-headed. And he, he is going to be a brilliant footballer when he's older. And I already think he's better than Tom Lockyer. Um, and I liked Lockyer a lot. But I think Alfie, on the ball, he's very good. He's very calm and composed. He wins everything in the air. Um, but then, so again, three weeks ago at Ipswich... Mayonnaise headed everything that came his way against probably two of the best strikers in the league um, in Jackson and Norwood. So I think you need to look at the characters and it's not just our goalkeeper making the saves. Um, you know, you've got you've got blocks on the line. Lee, he yesterday, MK Dons and Mayonnaise throwing his body in the line, yeah. albeit we lost 3-0. I mean, that was at 1-0 and 2-0. So we still had a chance to get back in the game. And I think you sh- you could see... Um, a few weeks ago, the the amount of pressing that the back three did, um, back five, you know, they threw their body into everything, um, and I that that's just gone in the last three games. And I, you know, you put it down to effort, you put it down to fatigue, tiredness, um, but at the end of the day, they're characters, and they should come back from this, I believe. So. I don't really understand those stats, <laughs> if I'm being honest. What it means is like the, the quality of the chances other teams create against us are very high, but we don't concede because obviously we've got a very good goalkeeper yeah. in Nancy and like yeah. you said, blocks on the line from Kilgore and Menese. Um And similarly, the chances we create as a team are very few in number and are of a very poor quality, but we still put them away anyway. We score a lot of half chances through Johnson. Um, Smith has scored a couple of chances from out wide. Um, Robman with that header against Plymouth which somehow went in um, again Nichols at Fleetwood another random shot that could have and should have gone yeah in. that could have been a yeah, yeah that would have been one for yeah. the XG so, stats yeah so what it means is eventually by the law of averages our luck is going to run out um, <laughs> Mets you pointed out to me earlier that um, our goal difference is zero 
the yep. teams around us, Fleetwood have got eight, Pompey have got six. You know, the numbers are there. Um, is this really a massive shock that we've almost come back down to earth a little bit? No, it's not a massive shock. Um, I think you are right. We've been we've been lucky, and you pointed out we had two off the line yesterday. And what did we really create? Leahy probably should have scored at nil nil. That would have put a completely different like complexion on the game. But then aside from that, Johnson had a kind of half chance. Nichols half chance. You know, we we don't really create a lot, like you said. And there was a another stat about um, you know expected goals per striker in the league I looked up earlier and it was Johnson was way out like way out he's scoring way more than he should given the chances he's given because we don't create a lot he just does it himself a lot of the time yeah um so yeah I'm not amazingly surprised by those statistics cool um moving on to the midfield then lots of injury problems as we've as we've already discussed um do we think that the midfielders that we have are going to fit the brand of football that Ghana wants to deploy longer term assuming that he wants to, to play possession-based football. So the likes of a Go-Go, Ollie Clark, Cam Hargreaves, are those kind of midfielders going to fit in longer term, Ollie? Um, I was just pointing out Cam Hargreaves. I got, uh, he, I've been really, really impressed with the way that he's performed coming off the bench and starting at Fleetwood. Um, he just brings energy to the side, and you saw that at the Plymouth game. You know, He made some driving runs, and that allowed Circum as well to play a more free role. Um, he might not be great defensively, Hargreaves, but he certainly drives the team forward and gets the team up the pitch, um, draws a foul in. So, you know, he, he can play an exciting brand of football, but then your passing brand of football, you're looking at the likes of, dare I say, Upson. He kept the ball very well at MK Dons when he played there. Um, and Circum, who's got, well, he's quality, he's a very good footballer, and he has got the ability to switch the play um, which I think Garner is going to look for. He's going to look to get options out wide. He's going to look for those narrow passes in midfield and then spread the play. So I think you've got two players in Circum and Upson who are going to do the do the passing and the quality side of it, but then you've got to have your runner. You've got to have the, someone who's going to fight in the Agogo or the Clark. Um, and we can't lose them both because they are, they're, you know, they're what Bristol Rovers is all about, fight and passion and commitment. So, yeah, I think... It's going to be a tough one for Garner to decide. Obviously, he wants additions in January, so where is he going to strengthen? I mean, we've already got six midfielders, central midfielders. Yeah, yeah, but they're all quite of a similar mould, aren't they, Mets? Mm. I mean, you know, that that battling centre mid that you were talking about, Ollie, that, that sort of closing down the first touch of another midfielder player, we've seen so many, so many of them over the past couple of years, Sinclair... Ollie Clark to an extent um, a go-go is the same model as that Hargreaves and Russ both look like the same sort of player to me yeah. we don't have anyone other than Circum and Upson who sort of plays more of a CDM anchor role for us I side. wouldn't say Circum would play that role either he's more attacking for me um, yeah, sorry, he doesn't I mean, yeah I, and actually his defensive frailties I thought were on show massively against MK especially that first half he gave Leahy no no protection whatsoever um, and it was only really in the second half it was worth having him on the pitch because he was driving and there's a big pitch as well so you'd expect him to find the space um, going back to your point yeah it is really only Upson and Circum that are our ball players um, Circum's out of contract in the summer um, I don't know if he if he'll keep him I've got to be honest I don't think he's really shown enough this season to warrant staying on he's shown flashes but consistently he's not been very like overall not good enough I'd say 
Upson would be one that I'd be keen to keep just because he is he can play that anchor that deep right I'll break up play and then can play the ball as well whereas a go-go is just kind of um, Sinclair Mark II isn't he really it's, as much as I do really like a go-go much like I like Sinclair probably for the same reasons um, but he's yeah ball playing he's not he's not the one but he does he has added goals to his game this season which is mental a couple of goals which is uh, always good to see I don't think we score enough through the midfield as much as as much as I'd like us to um, speaking of goals let's move on to the main man Johnson Clark-Harris scored a penalty against AFC Wimbledon now two games without a goal and I actually I think I can't remember the last time he scored from open play was it that Bromley Cup game oh that was a rubbish goal as well yeah <laughs> and, and yeah so it, he has been, been injured a, though I know I, yeah. know, obviously not knocking the guy he's our best player um, but he seemed a very frustrated figure at Milton Keynes uh, wasn't closing players down shouting at his teammates, pointing for people to pick up runners that he wasn't picking up himself, and then straight down the tunnel at full time um, when the other players were clapping the fans. Um, is this a man whose head might be elsewhere now it's January, Ollie? Um, You could say that, um, but you've summed it up in one word, attitude. His attitude is not what the football club wants. Um, he's just, he's an ego, isn't he, really? And it's... As hard as it is for me to say, because he's our top goal scorer and he kept us in League One last season, would it be a big miss if he went? Um, we won games without him, and as soon as he's come back into the starting eleven, we've lost games. But then, of course, you look at other reasons. But going back to the point of the striker, you want your striker to close people down. You want him to chase second, bo- uh, chase lost causes, chase second balls, win the first header. And he just wasn't doing that yesterday. There, you know, the effort was there. The closing down was there in the second half. But the the attitude, the throwing your arms around in frustration, I I don't like to see it. You know, it's not good for other players. It's you know, especially the young ones on the pitch. Cam Hargreaves, Kilgore, though how mature he is, and yeah. mayonnaise. It's not. They don't want to see him throwing his arms in the air. You know, I think you've just got to be a bit more considerate to the young ones. However, football is now a it's a men's game. It's a proper game. It's it's fu- it's a fight. It's a battle. And Clark Harris is all of that, apart from his attitude. And if he changes his attitude, I mean, no one would be saying the things that we're saying now. And I've seen it over social media the past twenty four hours. People just aren't happy with the way that he's acting towards other players. Yeah, and I don't think it's ever been a problem until the last couple of weeks, or, or arguably until Coughlin went. No, I'd, I'd say it was kind of. I think Coughlin kept a lid on it. Coughlin kind of massaged his ego because when he first came in, remember he said, this is a championship striker and we're thinking, is he really? (laughs) But then, you know, from the bench at Coventry to the Heights, you know, um, Coughlin really just really knew how to man-manage him and I don't think Garner's got that, he obviously hasn't got that same relationship with him, but JCH is, at the moment, like a really disruptive influence. He's just, yeah, petulant. He, he he would get frustrated in games um, without getting any service, which was most of the season, but he, not like he has the last like two, three games. He's been really, really bad. Um, I, I, I wouldn't drop him. I could. I don't see how you can drop him. As as bad as it is, even if he's he's terrible, I'd, I'd still let... You wouldn't, you wouldn't drop him? No. Nah. You're going to like my next question. Would you sell him? <laughs> if... If a if an offer comes in that's reasonable, um, yeah. If an offer comes in that's amazing, he's going to go anyway. That's what would you call reasonable? Reasonable, I'd say over a million under one point five is reasonable, given his injury record mm-hmm. and his 
kind of his goal scoring record's kind of gone off a cliff the last well apart from penalties um if we got over, if we got offered over 1.5 million i think he's gone yeah straight away um and it you'd like to think touch wood uh that Ghana would be then be given a lot of those funds to find a replacement and you know maybe some leftover for balancing the squad a bit better um would i sell him just because of his attitude i'm not sure it depend that would be a kind of a question for Ghana if he feels like okay I, I, i've only had like a, a week with him or so i can turn this around if not bomb him out at the earliest opportunity because if it yeah. if he is going to be like that for the rest of the season he's got to go yeah this is it i mean is it a risk now to keep him as, as fantastic a player as he is and he's not going to lose that is it now a risk to keep him in the squad with Coughlin gone him maybe thinking about a move now obviously money's a big factor as well and also not just money but ambition in the level he wants to play at and keep moving forwards he's only a young lad as well he's 24 25 um should we be looking to sell him ollie or would or should we be looking to keep him i mean as a football club you look, you know you're you're always a selling club i think and bristol rovers sell um as much as they they don't in exactly invest in players that they sell i think it would be a risk either way keeping him or selling him because he could play against coventry on sunday or uh the week after against doncaster he could score a hat trick in either of the, either of those games and the performance from the whole squad would then be completely different i will say that that's why he does lead on the pitch as well and we go back to the point about the, the characters if we sell him we've lost another big character a big ego however all I'm asking is if he drops his attitude. But then that is the player that he is. He he has got that yeah. attitude. He needs to be so, raging for some reason, like the Hulk or something. Yeah. yeah. The the South End game really tells me that he needs something to fire him up. And at the South End game, he had an altercation with one of the South End centre backs um just in front of the tunnel at half time. And he came out and he won every header. He chased every ball. Does he need someone to give him a kick up the ass? Does he need someone to fire him up yeah. to get that? What's going to fire him up when it's an empty stadium that holds 30,000 people? There's no atmosphere. He's going out on the MK pitch thinking, oh, brilliant. I'd rather be playing for, I don't know, Middlesbrough or Preston, who are yeah. challenging up in the top six in the championship. That's yeah. how I look at it. No, I think you're spot on there. I you think Coughlin used to do that, used to get him riled up. And I think he did. He got the best out of him. And I don't think... Yeah, Garner has quite figured it out yet. Well, you know, like you said, he's barely been on the pitch on the grass with them. Um, he likes that phrase, doesn't he? Yeah, on the grass. Looking forward to more Garner catchphrases. Um, yeah, I'm going to go through some other players who I think might be outgoing this month. Um, before we do do that, though, I want to sort of gauge your interest on prospects that we could potentially lose. Um, obviously, now Yakola might not be that because of his injury, but Kilgore and Menezes, do you think? Can you see us? Um, having any bids for either of them this window I can see us having bids however yeah. I can't see us letting them go only because you know Kilgore's been here since I don't know under 12's academy I mean it's a bit like Ollie Clark bids have probably come in for Ollie Clark and he's probably blatantly turned round to the board and said I'm not leaving this football club Yeah, you must be joking you know I think the position we're in and the amount of praise that Kilgore gets I think that would spur him on to stay at the football club if I'm being honest, would he, you know, does he want to go somewhere else and sit on the bench? 
because he's he's one of the first names in on the team sheet. So I don't see that being a problem then with Mayonnaise. Uh, Mayonnaise, can never say his name right. <laughs> um, after last three performances, I don't know who would buy him apart from... No, any scouts watching that are going to be like, you know... He's still rough. Y- yeah, if yeah. you're looking yeah. at him or Kilgore, you're going to be like, Kilgore's... You know, yeah. a bit more level-headed, a bit more experienced. 100%. I think many A say is going to be a great player. I really do. Yeah. Um, he's just been crap the last few games. But that's to be expected. <laughs> no big when thing. You're a young lad. No, yeah, exactly. No I'm not. Big, on, no not getting on his back. No. Um, Carl Bennett's the next obvious one. Do you think someone will take a punt on him in League Two? Someone maybe chasing playoffs uh, who wants a bit of League Two experience? Maybe a Swindon who are maybe going to lose Owen Doyle. Maybe that kind of team. Hopefully, Cheltenham, Forest Green, someone like that. Yeah. Definitely, I don't see why not. I mean, he's a good player. He just hasn't done it for Rovers. I, you know, as soon as he came in, he, he gave us that energy and that, that creativity. And I think Garner likes him. He's used him now, is it twice out of the three games twice off the off bench? The bench yeah. yep. I mean, you know, he he's another creative midfielder and I think Garner likes that. Will he want to get rid of him? Will he want Bennett to come alive in January, February, March? I, don't, I can't see it happening. I think Bennett's done the same thing at three clubs now where he comes in, has a good like four or five months. Everyone's like, this is amazing. He's going to be quality. And then he just goes completely off a cliff. And I think, Swindon, well, Swindon didn't get the cliff bit. They just got the amazing <laughs> bit. So hopefully they'll, uh, they'll, keep, they'll want him back. But yeah. um, I'd bomb him out at the earliest opportunity. As would I, mainly because of his, probably one of our highest earners uh, and one of our lowest performers. So... Um, more that than anything else. Um, Bernard Mensah's not featuring much for Maidenhead. Could he play a part in a new formation or do you think he'll go back no. out on loan? Back out on loan. Ollie? Don't even put him on loan, just sell him. What's the point in having someone if you're just going to keep putting them out on loan? Who would buy him? Probably just run down his contract because he's out in the summer. So I don't know, maybe Maidenhead might buy him. Well, If they're not, if they're play, if they're not playing him, then they can't <laughs> buy him. But yeah. you know, hopefully... I think it that signing was just wasted completely. Yeah, yeah that was a shame um, that agree. didn't work out. So he, he won't suit the formation. He, he hasn't got the quality of League One, unfortunately. No. Same goes for Sam Matthews. Yeah, unfortunately for him, I I, I was impressed with him when he first came in. He he gave us a bit of direct running, a bit of trickery. He was one of the few players we had with pace, but injuries and again the system we're playing. It's it's. I don't think it's just it's just not going to work for him. So I think. Bomb him out as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, strikers now. Gavin Riley back from Cheltenham. Um, if we play him, we can't loan him out. So we've either got to make a decision whether to keep him for the season or loan him back out to League Two. Cheltenham have already said that they're not going to loan him back, so it would have to be a different club. Um, I think this one could be a head-scratcher because I think he's a pressing forward and I think Garner likes forwards who press. Um, so I don't think this might be as... Uh, a black and white decision as some think no I liked him um, yeah his work rate was really good and actually he was pretty he was a good finisher yeah. I think of Coventry at home last season like that was that wasn't an easy one Southend away was another one um, oh, a tricky one I think I'll leave that one to Garner but I'd, I'd have him over Nichols at this point because he can press from the front because Nichols isn't providing any goal threat at all so I'm, I'm quite happy to have him in yeah. Ollie what do you think about Riley Always excited to see Riley's name on the team sheet when he was at Rovers. Um, keep him and play him. Um, he he's a, he's a clinical finisher, as you just said. He you know he can score goals. And yeah. As seen at the Coventry and the South End game when he was through on goal. I mean, you could have easily put that straight at the keeper over the bar or wide, and he put it. He slotted it into the bottom corner. So yeah, keep him and play him. 
I agree. I, w- I think I'd give him a chance. I yeah. Th- I, I quite like the, his pressing, and I think Garner would like that too. Um, but obviously, we'll see in the next week or two. It's, I, it's I, bad that we're excited about a striker <laughs> because of his. That we've already got. <laughs> yeah. He's already Cause, ours. Because of his pressing ability. <laughs> but no, I think, yeah. yeah, as well as his pace as well would really help that front line. Yeah. Um, Tyler Smith picked up a bad injury. Garner says strange circumstances, so I'm assuming he fell over playing musical chairs over Christmas or something like that and has done his ankle <laughs> or uh, maybe a Christmas tree fell on him. Um, what does this mean for him then? Do you think we're going to send him back now he's injured? Uh, I don't know I how bad it so. is. I would assume so. It normally is, isn't it? When you get a player on a season-long loan and they get injured at Christmas, it's usually you're going home. Yeah, because you can find someone else straight exactly, away who yeah. can come in and do a job. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, but if he if he wasn't injured, I'd keep him because I I really like him. Yeah. I think him and Nichols play really really well together. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you know, and if Garner wants to play this exciting brand of football, he ain't just gonna have Kilgore lumping it with his left foot to to nut to no one up front. I think he's gonna look to play the channels, which was exactly what we done at Ipswich. Um, Nichols and Smith chased everything, and that's what Nichols does. He does chase it. He might not be a goal threat. But he created most of our opportunities yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I can't argue with that. I thought he was all right. Yeah. So I think, you know, playing two two small strikers isn't exactly the worst option that Rovers could have at the moment, really. No, no I agree. Yeah. Adabiejo, for me, not doing the business. Stick or twist? No, I like him. I really do like him. But yeah, he's, he's come in as a backup to JCH. And when he plays as like the lone striker or the big striker, he's, he's not cutting it. I'll disagree completely because at Shrewsbury, I <laughs> thought he was absolutely incredible. I won't lie. I thought he was... That was probably one of the best performances I've seen from a Rovers player. I mean, he had, we played one striker with five midfielders. There was there was no other winger, no um, no outlet up front. And he had to play with Sir Camilly Clark running off him. And I thought he'd done incredibly well. However, it is a head scratcher, as you said earlier about Riley. I mean, do, do you want to keep Adebayo or do you want to... You know, maybe let him go. He is only young. Yeah. I mean, he can only get better, surely. So maybe you give him a go. I'm not too sure. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, if Garner's got targets, he maybe thinks are um, targets he thinks are more suited to the way he wants to play. Then I wouldn't be surprised to see Riley Smith and Adebayo all leave in the next couple of weeks, and then a whole batch of new strikers come in. Um, it really wouldn't surprise me because obviously he he will have players and strikers he knows suits the system he wants to play. Um, let's talk about some incomings now. Um, I'll start with you, Mets. What are the main areas you think we need to prioritise? Exactly what we've been saying uh, all of last season, all of the summer, um, is width, pace, creativity, what every team wants. But <laughs> we are crying out for wingers um, and we're crying out for a central midfielder that can put their foot on the ball and make something happen Circum has kind of started to become that or get back to that in the past few weeks but he's not doing it on a regular basis and you see other players come to the mem and you're like oh, do you know what like number 10 like Madison for posh obviously well out of our kind of league but and actually I think way too good for league one but you look at a player like that and you think that's exactly what we want. Just someone just with a bit of quality, just get the f- get f- foot on the ball and play someone in, not lump it aimlessly up to our strikers and hope for the best. Well, even even like Reese Healy yesterday was skinning Leahy alive and um, yep. we've seen it with a couple of players this season who've just come out uh, and attacked us on the flanks. They had Peter Brad, that Ricky J. Jones, obviously a great talent. 
Um, Rapid. <laughs> very quick. Yeah. It's just pace, isn't it? We have not got any pace in the no. side. Um, I watched Nichols, and for all his efforts, he's so slow. He isn't, he? And you've, you can see that when he's... <laughs> even when he's one-on-one or through on goal I mean all of a sudden there's five or six players around him yeah. Bloody hell, he gets you, caught you know, yeah <laughs> but I mean you can't knock his work rate but I think um, I agree with you Tom that we need some width I think since Billy Bowden left we haven't I mean we were spoiled with him really we were very very lucky with him um, you know brilliant player um, we're not, we're not going to get someone maybe who's going to be at that level and the same quality as him have we could get someone who, as you said, would get the ball down, play someone in, or get the ball down on the on the right hand side, um, and and take on the left back. Rodman doesn't take on the left back. Neither does Leahy. It's been a while since I've seen a player beat a man at Rovers. Yeah. Well, Rodman, like um, he t- he had a little spell where he was like doing the business at right wing back, and I thought this is brilliant. This is where we're going to get our whip from. We miss Josh Hare so much. Oh, we do, yeah. We really do. He his deliveries from out wide. He didn't. He was just so he's good quick as well. He's a quick yeah. yeah, he's reasonably quick. Also, yeah. Also noticed how um, he he provided Clark Harris with some great service as well. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, it's a very long term injury, to be honest, which is quite a shame. I mean, oh, massive he, shame. He was he was really good, and his he he was a bit like he was a. He was a much better version than Partington, I thought, who could get the ball down on the right-hand side and just whip a great ball down the channel or a great ball into the box. And he was, you know, he was consistent with his balls and yeah. uh, balls into the box. So hopefully um, he can come back. But that will be late March, I imagine, which is which is At way too late yeah. with whatever we want to do in this season. Yeah. 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 So um, in terms of, I assume we have a very limited budget this month. And we will obviously have to ship some out before we bring some in. Um, would you guys prioritise quality or depth? Um, we've got a very uh, thin squad, um, but not masses of quality. I mean, Garner made it very clear in his interview last night that the depth of the squad is nowhere near what he wants it to be. So I think he'll go depth. However, he's worked with top-class managers. You know, albeit that, you know Tony Pulis and um, Hodgson... Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock at Crystal Palace and Pulis at West Brom. He's worked with um, great managers and he's got contacts. Um, He's worked with young players who are up and coming and thriving in the championship. Maybe they could come and add some some depth, but also quality. I mean, we're not going to be spoiled and get both. Yeah, well, it, it will be identifying those targets, won't it? And getting someone in and finding out the quality versus value cost and trying to find that perfect player who's cheap but also very good yeah I mean, th- we we haven't really had that much like luck with loans i'd say i think a lot of the loans especially under daryl he, he loaned a lot of players and a lot of them just weren't good enough um you'd hope that garner wouldn't would know who he wants to loan basically yeah. he'd be able to know those those youngins that he wants um i think if it were up to me i'd go for quality i'd have less numbers but better players and use more of the um, development squad as cover um, just because I, I just like seeing them get some more games and I'd rather develop our own players than, than loan players. I agree. I think quality has to be over quantity because I think in the past when we've gone for depth and we've just blanket signed a load of players in the positions we're weak, we've then been hamstrung in the long term yeah. when we actually want to improve the side. We're stuck with a lot of players we don't want or need on longer contracts. Yeah. 
Um, Bernard Mensah being one of them, as, yeah. as much as you know, I think he, he was a good signing. Counted, that, yeah, well, um, we had a, f- a few kind of crap wingers come in, didn't we? So it's, we did. Yeah. yeah, I think quality for me. And I, I agree with what you're saying about the youth players, and I think we've got a lot of players coming back from injury as well. So um, Holmes Dennis, I think, is quite close. Um, he did feature in a couple of checker trade games, didn't he? So I think he's he's nearly there. Tom Davies, hopefully, nearly back. I know he's got tendonitis in the knee. Um, that's what someone was I'd saying. I'd love on to see him back. Yeah, he's tendonitis. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I love him. I do like Tom Davis. I reckon he's yeah. on his day as the best centre back in in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's incredible. That guy's incredible. Like yeah, probably one of the best signings of the summer. Hundred percent when he was fit. Yeah, it's a yeah. massive shame that that he did go down injured. But also we've got um, Mark Little coming back. He's, we've still not seen him at hundred percent. Josh Hare again. Probably March time. We think that's just a pure guess, but. There's a lot of players coming back, so I wouldn't want to flood the areas and bring yeah. in a lo- bring in an emergency keeper, bring in another right back, bring yeah. in, and then have all these players come back and then still be lacking in the areas where we need the quality. Yeah, exactly. So I would prefer us to go out now, and even if it was we can only get two players in, I would go get a left winger and I would go get a centre mid with some quality, um, and then you know push Robman up to right wing, put Little in at right back, and then play go a bit more yeah. expensive. I'd. I would absolutely love to see a really, really rapid forward. And I think actually Riley is reasonably quick, but I want like um, I want a big bastard up front. Jay Jones from Peterborough, like, okay, like yeah. someone like that. Seventeen years old. Yeah, and he had Menezes on toast. Yeah. Menezes isn't slow. He's he's a quick yeah. lad. Well, I think that kid's going to go all the way to the top. To be honest, given he's that good at seventeen, I think we can only dream of someone like that. But someone with a bit of pace. Yes. That is so pace. so neat. And thankfully, Garner seems to recognise that from his interviews. That's all we've got time for this week, Gasheads. Thanks very much for listening. Ollie, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And until next time, up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.